Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In book 19 of his City of God, Augustine is grappling with one of the key questions raised by ancient philosophy and indeed ancient culture in general. What will make us human beings genuinely happy, genuinely fulfilled? What will realize human nature entirely and provide us with happiness? And there are a number of different options and answers that were set forth by philosophers prior to Augustine, and he considers many of them. But he thinks that there's a fundamental problem with them that they didn't fully realize, although he does credit the Platonists with having at least some vague or dim idea about how this would actually work. And the point that he's going to make ultimately is that what we're really looking for is eternal life or eternal peace. Or as he later on says, we can understand this in other ways by calling it eternal life in peace or eternal peace in eternal life. Now, this is a problem in part because this is not something that many of the philosophical systems actually conceived of. Instead, they were trying to find some way to enjoy the highest human happiness within the confines of this earthly existence, our phenomenal, temporal, whatever you want to call it, the world that we live in, the world that we are born into, and the world that we will die in sooner or later, at least in a bodily sense. And he begins by looking at what Varro has to say about it, somebody who he respects quite a bit. Unfortunately, we've lost Varro's works. And Augustine takes from Varro's discussion that human life is happiest when enjoying all, all of the goods, not just some of the goods, but all of the goods of the body and of the soul. So pleasure is a good of the body. The primary goods of or primary objects of nature are goods of the body. Strength, health, all of those things are goods of the body. But then we also have the goods of the soul. And what do those include? Primarily the virtues. But he also talks about our intellect or our memory, all the faculties that we have when they're functioning at their highest level, when we're engaged in intellectual life, when we're not just engaged in intellectual life by ourselves as contemplators off on the side, but also socially with other people, engaged with the world itself, that's what could make us happy, happiest. We are happy when we enjoy some of these things. We are happier yet when we enjoy more of them. And we are happiest. We enjoy happiness to the fullest. We have superlative happiness. The only happiness that in the end really counts when we have all of these goods. But Augustine is going to point out that for Christians, or as he says, the city of God, the way the city of God looks at this is what we really are, are looking for is eternal life. And we would require eternal life in order to be able to enjoy all of these goods sufficiently. For example, the goods of virtue to realize them entirely, to realize the goods of social life. We would require 
and eternity. And eternal life is indeed what ends up being promised in the revelation that Augustine is drawing upon and trying to unite to what he thinks is best in Greek philosophy. So the, the Christian perspective that he's bringing to this says eternal life and eternal peace is what the supreme good is. Now, what is the implication of that for trying to have that within this temporal existence? The answer is, of course, that you cannot have eternal life. We will die. At least our bodies will die in this existence. And he goes on through much of the rest of book 19 of the city of God to talk about different ways in which the present life, as good as it is, is pretty screwed up. So, I mean, you could think about the pleasures that you encounter and, and the pains that come after them or the longing that you have for those pleasures again. But he begins by talking about how both the body and the soul can suffer losses. So he talks about amputation of limbs, or you might think about the aging process, right? You gradually lose control and integrity over this frame that we call our body. It starts, you know, exuding things things that you don't want it to, or nails get brittle, hair turns different colors or falls out entirely. Your bones eventually start to break down and become more susceptible to breakage. We go on and on and on and on, right? There, there are so many things that can damage this body that we have. And it's not just about the body. Even the soul itself, he says, can encounter these kinds of losses. We have people who had a wonderful facility of memory and then cannot remember anything after a certain point. They suffer dementia. He talks about people who wind up being possessed. And even if we don't believe in that, we could think about the incredible deficits that come about through mental illness and how they can cascade through social life and all of these things that can actually damage both the body and the soul. So in this present life, unfortunately, we are subject to that. We don't have a reliable, absolute secure integrity of body or soul. He also talks about the virtues. We can do our best to cultivate virtue in this life. And some schools of philosophy, for example, he mentions the Stoics, but you might also think about the Aristotelians or the Platonists thought that by cultivating virtue, we would in fact be happy. Now the Stoics were more extreme than the Aristotelians or the Platonists in saying that virtue itself was sufficient to keep you happy. And so there is this example of the wise man, the sage, the person who possesses all of the virtues, and he was on the rack being tortured and he's still happy. A very paradoxical way of looking at things. Augustine says the virtues, even if you've got them fully developed, aren't going to make you completely happy. And, and what the Stoics are saying is somewhat absurd. But Put that aside for a moment, because hardly anybody's ever even met somebody who they could consider to be a sage, right? A perfectly developed, perfectly virtuous person. In the rest of us, the virtues that we do have are temperance, our justice, our courage, and our wisdom. They have to struggle against vices. We have to struggle to be just because we'd like to take more than our fair share. We have to struggle to exhibit fortitude or courage because we are tempted to say, ah, oh, I'm going to let that one pass. When we encounter difficulties or conflicts, we are tempted to be intemperate, to take more than what our body actually needs because we like the pleasures or because we're trying to avoid the pains of addiction. And even wisdom 
itself, as he says, by the fact that it has to distinguish between good and evil, shows us that we live in a world filled with evils where we still have to make prudent choices between the two. So the virtues by themselves display to us, although they they are some of the best things in this world, that this world is not where we're going to have our ultimate happiness. He goes on and talks as well at great length about social life. In fact, he distinguishes four different circles of social life, extending from the family and close friends all the way out to the world of other human beings, whether they're from our culture or country or city or from some other, which most of them will. And finally, out to the cosmos itself and either whether we look at them in a pagan sense as the gods or in the Christian sense that Augustine is talking about the good and bad angels within all of these things these relationships that we have although we are social creatures they're beset by conflicts misunderstandings, attempts to control each other, attempts to impose, for example, a common language upon the entire world to overcome conflicts, which never works. So time after time after time, he shows us that our happiness is not to be found entirely within this world. What he does tell us towards the end of this discussion is that all of this stems from the fact that we are rational creatures. If we were just animals like the rest of the animals, then we would enjoy the primary objects of nature like eating and copulating and laying in the sun. And, you know, eventually we'd have to die, but we wouldn't feel bad about it. We would enjoy as much of this world as we could and develop our capacities, you know, of body and perhaps even of soul to what degree we could but we wouldn't sweat it. The very fact that we are rational creatures introduces this possibility of thinking in in terms of eternity, thinking in terms of what we can't on our own have, what we cannot produce uh, by our own capacities or powers, and what we cannot find completely in this world, although we can find foretastes of it, traces, vestiges. We can find something of it within this existence. So to come back to the point, what is the supreme good? It's going to be eternal life or eternal peace with God. And this doesn't mean that the world then becomes terrible and just crap and let's get beyond it. Let's kill ourselves right now. Because Augustine says the way in which we actually do, in fact, to whatever degree we do, earn or merit or get involved with or turn ourselves towards this eternal life, putting aside the issue of grace, is through the cultivation of the virtues, through rightly living, through living in society with other people. So all of these other things do in fact matter. The world counts for something, but it's not the place where we can find our complete happiness. It's not the place where we will find the supreme good. That lies, according to Augustine, beyond this earthly existence, this present life. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com slash Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.